Welcome to In the Black with your host, Bob Dickerson. Our program takes a look at the socioeconomic issues affecting black America. From education to news and politics to business matters, we have the stories and guests that you need to hear about. Now, here is Bob Dickerson. Hey, welcome, everybody. This is Bob Dickerson within the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. We're happy to be here, happy to be back. We took a hiatus uh, for a few months. Uh, we, uh, we were on in December, January, February. I think we stopped in March. And uh, we stopped primarily because COVID-19 hit. We were having such a good time doing this program, uh, talking about the economic condition that Black America found itself in, uh, stemming from slavery to economic detours to, to economic robbery that occurred. Uh, we were talking about the plight of businesses, especially Black businesses, uh, in our country, why we couldn't catch a break, couldn't get a foothold, uh, what we needed to do uh, as a race of people to support our own, and also what America needed to do to make sure that it made good on its commitments uh, to us. Uh, we were sharing our concern about this country, uh, and boy, has that concern grown now, where we seem to be at a point where we have America versus Americans, and Americans versus America, and we just really don't know where we are, but we took a hiatus. Uh, we, as I've shared with many of you on the radio, run a small business development agency. Uh, we were intent and really overwhelmed with making sure that the businesses that we serve, and these are all businesses, black, white, and different, but we wanted to make sure that the small businesses that we serve received all of our attention, and we, we certainly gave them an adequate amount of attention uh, launched a $2 million loan fund for, for, for microenterprises here in Birmingham and, and did a lot of things to try to make sure uh, that we did what we were supposed to do. And so now we're back. I am so happy that the folks at Voice America uh, reached out to us and encouraged us to come back on the air. And so we're back on the air on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock Central Time. I always have to make sure I get that right because we're at various time zones. So, so we're 6 o'clock Central on Wednesday. You can get us at voiceamerica.com. Of course, you can go back and listen to our previ previous shows, and you can listen to this show on demand. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, if you want to start a business, if you're planning on starting a business, as I mentioned to you uh, in the past, uh, we certainly want to help you. I think that uh, – we cannot have enough small businesses serving our communities. We can't have enough black businesses serving our communities. So anybody who has the courage, uh, has the, uh, the, the skill and the knowledge uh, and wants to put that into action to launch a business, then you certainly have not only my respect, but you have my assistance. So whatever I or my staff can do for you, wherever you are, uh, whether you're in Birmingham or wherever you are, if you can listen to me, then we want to help you start a business. We think that is vitally important. You know, we call this program In the Black. I spell it differently. It's N-T-H-B-L-K. I've omitted all of the vowels and at least one of the consonants. Remember that from grade school, vowels, consonants. I, I know, I know. I should should ask my, my sixth grade grandson. This was his first day at middle school, and he had to do it at home. And, you know, that's that's sort of a bomber, but I think he's going to do great. But it's in the black, uh, and I chose in the black for our radio program. And let me give a shout out to the Myriad Gospel Music Countdown. I've been doing that program for now 25 years, a quarter century. And I do a commentary, a vignette, and it is in the black. And it's about our economic condition. It's about black economics. And, and I've said this, and if you've been listening to me on, on previous programs that when you think about black, unfortunately, uh, the, the movies and books and television has always made black something sinister, uh, something dark. Of course, it is a dark color, but dark not in just the color aspect of it, dark as in foreboding. Um, and white was always something that was welcoming and that was pleasant and that was kind and that was a hero. In the movies, the villain wore black, the the, 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 the hero, Roy Rogers and 
Long Ranger and all those folks who are a lighter color, except when you look at your financial condition. And if you are considered in the black financially, then you're okay. I mean, you're doing good. And so we wanted to take that word that sometimes is used to be negative uh, to mean something positive. I come out of the uh, 60s and 70s where it was black power and black is beautiful. So, so I still feel that way. Black power, black is beautiful in the black on Voice America. I'm glad you're here. I hope you join us every week. Tell your friends. You can also hit me up at in the black on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Bob Dickerson, you know, check me out. We're doing Facebook live, subscribe to my YouTube channel, do all of those things because you know, we want to make sure that uh, we communicate. We think communication is key. I want to communicate with you. I want you to communicate back with me. I'm going to say some stuff on here you may not agree with. I, I welcome and value everyone's opinion. I'm not the kind of guy that feels like, A, I'm always right. I'm most of the time, I'm right, I think. But, but, but there are varying opinions about everything. And I think smart people understand that and smart people welcome opposing views. So I want to make sure I get that out, listening for that. If you have an opposing view, if you want to make some comments, uh, you know, hit me up again on social media. Uh, interested to know what you think. So we, we, we're kicking off uh, this program with a very, very special guest. You know, uh, every year, the National Urban League puts out a, uh, a report, uh, the state of black America. And, and again, if you are, you know, if you're not black, this may not be something that you have paid much attention to. Uh, I dare say that if you did an interview and you walked down a street in most of our urban communities, urban co-word for black communities, uh, then if you interviewed our people, black people, then we have an opinion about what the state of black America is. Uh, some of it might not be as encouraging. Some of it might be. Uh, some of it may be realistic. Some of people may even be anxious or even angry about the state of black America for a number of reasons. Unfortunately, if we walk down the street in other communities that haven't had that exposure and that the state of black America isn't really important to them or they don't think is important or don't see the importance of the connection, then you get just the opposite. Uh, you may even hear criticism. Uh, you may hear folks saying that they ought to get up off there, you know, and do something. And, and none of that, you know, all of that is, is, is really untrue. So we wanted to start off and, and have a discussion about the state of black America. And I thought, I couldn't think of anybody better than to get a young man that I really have watched for the past decade or so in Birmingham. Uh, he's always done a good job, always been thoughtful. Uh, well, he's, I, I, he's, I'm older, so he still kind of feels like a young man to me. And he is, he's always going to be a young man to me, uh, even though he's very professional and very mature. Uh, and I want to give you that impression. But I was always impressed with just his demeanor, uh, and also his commitment uh, to our people. Uh, he is the current president and chief executive officer of the Birmingham Urban League. Allow me to introduce and welcome Mr. William Barnes. William. Bob, thank you for having me, man. And since the kind words, if you will, you kind of dated me a little bit, man. I don't know. You said you've been watching me for a decade. Uh, I guess it has been that long. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have taken my cues from watching you uh, and the work you've done in the community is particularly as it relates to economic empowerment of black folks. Uh, it is such an honor to be here. I'm glad uh, that your folks talked you back into getting back into the swing of things with the show uh, and, and just excited to, to be here and share some vitally important information. Uh, I don't think that we could have picked a better time to have this conversation. I know that people always say the right time uh, is now, and I would say that, that this time is no different. Uh, the right time is now. Uh, economics for uh, African-Americans and black folks is so vitally important, and I think that uh, you have been a champion in that. And so for that, I appreciate you. I want to thank you for just having me on the show. 
Well, well, I thank you for being here. So, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you ended up with the Urban League and, and, and even more how you ended up running uh, the Urban League here in Birmingham? Man, do, you, do, do we have enough time? i tell you what. It is, <laughs> it is you know, I'll give you the quick version. Uh, God really ordered my steps uh, as it relates to this journey. I uh, have been in, involved with the Urban League for uh, almost 15, 16 years now. I started on the volunteer side. Uh, many people will remember the, the hot and heavy young professional movement. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily as, as it is today, but certainly back in 1998, 99, and even a little bit prior to that, uh, there was a lot of pride in the movement that was the young professionals. It was a group of folks that were between the age of 21 to 40 that were really setting out to, to give back and to network in their communities. Um, and so I had a unique opportunity to really see uh, the Urban League from a volunteerism perspective, um, and then uh, fortunately moved up through the ranks in that space in the volunteer and uh, became the, the young professional president and somehow ended up on the Urban League Board of Directors. Um, and in that same space, got a chance to uh, really look behind the veil of what is called the Urban League Movement. Uh, so I got a chance to serve on the National Urban League Young Professional Board. And it was there that I really, really got a chance to see across this country uh, the great work uh, and, and the very much needed work that urban leagues all across the country actually do. Uh, and that's kind of where I caught the bug. Uh, and so the short, the short part as I end that journey is, is that uh, I got a chance to serve on the board. Uh, the urban league went through a transition, uh, opened up for a national search. Uh, but prior to that, I had been serving as interim director. And here's where it gets a little interesting. So uh, I had a good government job, Bob. Uh, I, had, I had an opportunity to serve uh, former Mayor William Bell for about six years in the city of Birmingham, uh, more particularly in serving its citizens uh, in the community development and, and for community projects. Um, and, and those that are familiar with the United Way space will understand this a little bit. Uh, the loan executive program is a program that basically says, hey, if you work for an organization, uh, then you have the opportunity of being able to, to be loaned out. And so I'd love to tell you a little bit more about it, uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk uh, in a few moments about uh, the rest of that journey. Oh, we certainly will, because I, I think it's a great story of how you're, as a volunteer, you were doing something for the community, and it, and it, it was obviously in your blood to do that. And so you found different ways and better ways and more important ways to give back. We're going to have more from William Barnes and more about the state of black America, more about the Urban League, both the Birmingham Urban League and the National Urban League. When we come back, this is Bob Dickerson with In the Black. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tired of the get rich quick or how to flip home shows? Are you ready to step up your game and invest in commercial real estate? James Nelson, a top New York City broker, will show you step-by-step how to acquire, operate, and profit. You'll also hear from real estate legends on how they made their fortunes and industry experts on strategies for success. Tune into Real Estate Investing, live from New York, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black 
Hey, welcome back to In the Black. This is Bob Dickerson on the Voice America Radio Network. Happy to be bringing you this segment of In the Black uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time. 6 p.m. Central Time. Now, that is 7 p.m. Eastern Time if you happen to live on the East Coast. Uh, it is 5 p.m. Mountain Time if you happen to live out in Colorado or somewhere in that area. Uh, New Mexico, perhaps, but you're in California. It's four o'clock, so it, so I, I got to make sure I got my I, I got my geography down. I know the time zones. I do know how to spell in the black, but I just don't spell it that way. N T H B L K in the black. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'd like to know your thoughts. We're going to talk more about the economic condition of Black America the state of black America. Uh, we're happy once again to have as our guest on this relaunch, the, 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 the relaunch of In the Black on Voice America, Mr. William Barnes, uh, who is president and CEO of the Birmingham Urban League. Now, William, before the break, you, know, you mentioned uh, you know, your journey to your position at the Urban League started off as a volunteer with the young professionals. Can you talk a little bit more and maybe encourage some of our listeners who might be younger, but who are sitting on the sidelines or some of us who have younger kids that we need to encourage to sort of, you know, get out there, roll your sleeves up and, and do something for the community. Can you talk a bit about, you know, that dynamic and, and, and encourage these folks to do what you did, because it's certainly not, ju not just that it benefit you to do it, but it's allowed you to benefit the community in ways that, uh, that, that if you hadn't been willing to volunteer, it may not have happened. Absolutely, man. Listen, uh, the young professional space is the lifeblood uh, of, of these organizations. Uh, many people will ask, you know, from a legacy perspective about our organizations, where's the NAACP? Where's the Urban League? Where's the SCLC? Uh, and my response has been very blatantly, uh, we're only as good as the membership and the volunteer, uh, the volunteers that connect with these organizations. Uh, and I'll submit to you that, uh, you know, the Urban League is 110 years old. Um, and, and what that means is, is that it certainly has built uh, capacity uh, and have resources to help uh, advance the cause of African-Americans. The problem is, is that we certainly find ourselves in a different uh, day and time to where folks aren't plugging in as they used to. Uh, and there is a need to, to not only have our legacy organizations to survive, but they must thrive. Um, and I think that no other, organ, no other uh, generation is more important than when you've entered into adulthood and you have one uh, the means and some resources, and two, uh, especially in this environment, you've got to have a voice. So when you think about Martin King being 26 years old and being tapped, when you think about John Lewis being, Lewis being his, he was even uh, younger. It was those individuals uh, that certainly we re recently lost uh, and John Lewis that really set the tone for that generation. And, and I'm a big proponent that every generation must, must lead itself. And so uh, you have organizations that I think have the infrastructure uh, to continue to support the work. Uh, there is so much more that we can do as it relates to African-American uh, empowerment and, and moving forward, but it must be uh, with this generation's input. And so not only the young professionals, when you talk about that age group of 21 to 40, but certainly our millennial groups that, you know, that are coming up behind them and Gen Z and, and, and all those in between, it is, it is absolutely necessary uh, to have individuals plug in. And, and why, why reinvent the wheel? You have organizations like the Urban League, like the NWCP, that certainly have the capacity that are, that are yearning for the need for folks to plug in. And, you know, when you really think about uh, civil rights organizations that have stood the test of time, uh, been around, you know, for, you know, what, over a century, 110 years right. now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also, you know, some iconic figures uh, like, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid coming into awareness, it was Whitney Young. 
And the reason we know Whitney Young's name is because around 1961, he took over and ran the Urban League. His story is a little bit like yours. Uh, I think he was working there. And then he ended up (laughs) ended up being like the national leader. And you've got a great national leader now. And I I just, you know, I I really uh, think that Mark Mariel is uh, is a perfect man for that position. Uh, he has done it, doing a tremendous job, and I know you'd like to say a few words about him. And I, 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 I serve on a, on a community advisory board with him with uh, Iberia First Horizon Bank, and mm-hmm. and I love it when he talks because he's just so eloquent and so passionate about our community. Yeah. So, so uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Moriel and Mark is affectionately known uh, has actually been in uh, in the history books as the longest serving. Uh, National Urban League president that we've had. Uh, every other president has served about 10 years, uh, and then they've gone on to do other thing and, and, uh, things. And Mark um, has actually been with the National Urban League for more than 15 years. And so that is a, certainly a testament to his leadership uh, and, and really where we find ourselves in this environment. Uh, he's continued to advance again, uh, the Urban League. But I want to uh, make a, a, a small comparison, if I can, and take a point of personal privilege when you talk about Whitney Young. You know, the, the Urban League, from my perspective, in many regards, have kind of been the stepchildren of the civil rights space, right? When you think civil rights, you really think of the NAACP, SELC, and the sort. Uh, but what most people don't understand is that our claim to fame is for indirect services. Uh, and it's been under uh, Mark's leadership that we have increased our resources uh, to some 300 plus million dollars annually, serving more than 2 million folks, uh, that I think is really a testament to, to his leadership uh, and where the National Urban League is going. And that's what I mean by infrastructure. When you talk about almost a half a billion dollars that is flowing through an organization, uh, that certainly share, uh, should, should display that we are bringing home the bacon, if you will, uh, and then we're turning around and making sure that that is flowing into our communities to ensure economic empowerment. Um, and so he's certainly a great mentor of mine. Uh, we, we talk often about uh, just, just how we can make advances in our community. And he has certainly uh, done a great job on the national scene, even as we talk about this pandemic uh, and sharing a way forward as it relates to both pandemics, not only COVID-19, but the pandemic of police brutality. Um, and so we are, uh, we couldn't have a better leader at this time uh, serving at the National Urban League. I agree with you. And I'm always happy. And, and when the, uh, I see him on CNN uh, and he's always so thoughtful, but he always tells our truth. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, and he does it in a way that I think everybody ought to be able to understand it and ought to identify with it. But, but yeah, I, I do think, I didn't realize that uh, 15 years had gone by yeah. already. Plus, plus, <laughs> yeah. He actually came to us in 2003. So uh, it, what is that? That's, uh, that's, that's 18, I don't want to, yeah. yeah. 17, that's, 18 years. That's right. That's yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, so wow. he'll go down in history as the longest serving president CEO of the National Urban League. You know, the, the State of Black America report throughout the years has, has really honed in on the difference. Uh, I think the first place that I ever saw or read about the difference in family net worth uh, comparing the $120,000 average net worth, I think, of a white family compared to, it was six and maybe less than that after the depression of the last decade and and now COVID. But this, this thing, the Equality Index, I, I'd like you to talk a bit about the Equality Index because I think that that is, uh, as I read this year's report, the thing that jumped out at me most, and I'd like for our audience to, to hear more about that. Yeah, so, so let me explain it to you in the most common terms that I can. Uh, I want your, your audience to think of uh, the Equity Index as a whole pie, right? So if you think of a, a, a whole pie, um, and then you begin to take slices out of the pie, and that determines uh, really how much uh, each individual uh, uh, demographic uh, has. Now, the one, if you think of the whole pie as being one, that is uh, what we consider where our white brothers and sisters 
actually are. They lead the country in economics and so on and so forth. And so you then are able to compare if that pie is one and you're comparing it to white America, uh, then you can compare where, where African-Americans and Hispanics. We've actually started, I think, about seven or eight years ago, uh, began to include Hispanics into this report. And so the equity index measures when you look at housing, when you look at wealth gaps, when you look at uh, education, it measures the whole. And then you come up with uh, a very defined scientific measure of where is at, where are African-Americans as it compared to uh, white Americans. And what we find today, unfortunately, is that black America is missing almost 30% of the equity index. So if white America has a whole pie, then black America has about 70% of that pie. Um, and so it's so vitally important. This report goes into 40 plus years of being able to provide. It is one of the most sought out uh, reports. And hopefully we can talk a little bit more about uh, a little bit more details as it relates to the report. Yeah, I, I, I really want us to do that because I want to get into uh, criminal justice, housing. I want to circle back uh, to talking about the impact of COVID uh, because I think that that's, that's very important uh, and it's so critical that we do understand that uh, in this 2020, the year of COVID, uh, how that has impacted our people, our people who were struggling to, 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 to rebuild and to sort of replace some of the losses from the Great Depression of, of 2008 uh, and, and why it's important that all of America understand that. Listen, uh, I am talking to William Barnes, the president and CEO of the Birmingham Urban League. We're talking about the state of black America. We're going to be back on In the Black. This is Bob Dickerson on the Voice America Radio Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. Welcome back. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. Uh, we're having a great conversation with uh, William Barnes, who is president and CEO of the Birmingham Urban League. We've been talking about the Urban League, talking about black America, ter- talking about volunteerism, talking about young people. I, I wish I was a young person again. Boy, what I would give to, to get some of those years back, I tell you. Uh, but now, but and we've been talking about the um, annual State of Black America report that the Urban League puts out. A great report, fantastic. I look forward to it every year. I think it uh, it is so informative. It is so well done, and it really speaks to uh, where we are as a country. And I think that from it, we can look at where we need to go, the areas we need to address. So, so William, if you, you would, we, we were just, just talking about the report and the, the, the index, uh, when you, as you mentioned, the, the, the big pie was something that the white community had and our 
portion of the pie is a lot smaller. Uh, there, there is no parity we know in in our uh, in our country, uh, and so just talk a little bit more about some of the other aspects, some of the other things that the report details, uh, and in particular uh, challenges with the criminal justice system, housing, and and maybe we can get back to talking a bit about what happened as a result of COVID nineteen. Sure, absolutely. So, so one, I'd like to start by just uh, maybe sharing with your viewers the why. Why does the National Urban League, uh, you know, kind of uh, put together this report? Uh, we spend millions of dollars in, in, in really refining the data. Um, and the purpose for it is, is really economic empowerment um, is at the center of the Urban League's mission. Uh, the Equity Index gives us a, a way to, to document progress. Uh, towards the mission for both black and Hispanics as it relates to Hispanic, uh, to, to whites. And so before we went to the break, we talked about the whole pie. Uh, imagine trying to feed a family on 70% of what another family. So if you had a white family in one house and a black family in another, that black family has 70% of the pie, 30% is missing. The white family has the whole 100% of the pie. More particularly, when you look at economics, economics is even less of the pie. When you look at economics, uh, black America is at 59.2%. So if someone says, wow, if you do the math, that's almost 40%. Well, we know the numbers, right? But we, we did the research and the data uh, to really back up what we're saying. Instead of us just, you know, kind of stomping down the street and raising our fists and saying, hey, you know, we know that we've been disenfranchised. There are studies and data that back up this information. Uh, and so it's so amazingly important we're having conversations with folks uh, to really talk about the data and how it's shaping up. So, you know, again, you know, with Black America being at 59% of that whole uh, in health, we're at 83%. And that's in large part the reason that number is so high is because of the Affordable Care Act. You know, some folks want to call it Obamacare, and I think that he's proudly worn that. Uh, but prior to that, even in the healthcare disparities, uh, a portion of that pie was missing. Uh, education, we're at 77.3%. Uh, social justice is at 57.5%. Uh, and lastly, in, in civic engagement, get this, Bob, civic engagement, we are 100 plus. Every year since that, that I've actually looked at the State of Black America report, uh, we've always had the highest level of civic engagement. Now, we're talking more than just about voting now uh, because we don't always show up to the polls. But when you think about uh, volunteering, uh, helping out in the communities, uh, really just being involved in all of the things that, that really related to good works in our neighborhoods, uh, Black America has always done really well in that space. And we've done it with less. And so what I want uh, folks to understand is, is that when we look at these statistics and why we're fighting so hard in our communities for equality, we didn't say you know, well, equity, let me change that. For equity, we didn't say equality, we're saying equity. Uh, we wanna make sure folks understand why we're doing that. You know, imagine that uh, if, if you had less to work with and you're trying to still uh, put food on your, on your family's table, how much harder that really is and, and, and really talking about the fairness of what that looks like. Uh, you mentioned housing. So one of the flagship programs uh, of the Birmingham Urban League is really in housing. And let's talk just a tad bit about the disparities and what the report actually shows. Uh, there was a conversation with some realtors, uh, and we did some studies in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and we had an opportunity to do, uh, to walk down one of the, one of the uh, I would say, mixed neighborhoods. Um, and what we found, we did a study that showed on one side of the neighborhood, one side of the street, it, it really began uh, where white folks were living, right? So you go back house after house, row after row. And then on the other side of the street, it began where black folks were living, house after house, row after row. And immediately you began to see the difference in the value of the home. Um, and, and it's just, it, it is so mind boggling, uh, Bob, to really see that on a same street, you could see as much as a 30% reduction in the value of a home uh, on one side of the street than you did on the other. Same house, same neighborhood, different owners, different ethnicity, 
And that's what we, we're, we face. And so the racism, uh, the blatant racism, the blatant inequity uh, is real. That's what this report really shows. Uh, and there are just blaring, blaring spaces that we still have so much work to do. Now, we're, sent, we're very proud of the fact that in education, we have almost caught up. You know, th- those spaces, uh, there are some bright spots when it comes to education. Uh, but outside of that, even when you talk about black folks that have been, been able to achieve a higher level of education, they can't go anywhere because we're only getting 50%, actually we're getting 59% of the economic pie. So we get educated and then we hit a ceiling. So it almost is that we're now in debt. You know, we've got all this ton. We've, we've collected the, the student loan debt and all this other stuff. We go out and we try to get a job opportunity and we're paid less. Women are paid, uh, black women are paid even less than that. And so it just goes on and on and on. And so this equity index uh, is designed to make sure that we're having open, informed conversations uh, with those that have resources so that we can continue to open up uh, what the American dream is of of basically sharing in the economic web. Uh, And so we're excited about it. We're, again, I mentioned that it's uh, 40 plus years of doing this report. Uh, we continue to allow this to inform the National Urban League work uh, so that we can continue to move forward. And, and it's not a mindless space, right? We're not just out there just serving folks for the sake of serving them. We're informed by the data uh, in this report. Those that want to get the executive summary, go to stateofblackamerica.org. Uh, they can get this report uh, and it breaks down a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. William, I am so happy that, we, that we've had you on the program today. I think this has been one of our, uh, well, you know, we're re- the perfect person to relaunch uh, <laughs> In the Black with Bob Dickerson. Too kind, man. You're too and, kind. <laughs> and, and to talk about, you know, what, what I've been trying to talk about and what I think uh, we all need to hear uh, is that there, there is no fairness uh, there is a, a lack of equity as well as equality. Um, there are reasons for it, and then there are results of it. And I think as, as more and more people are enlightened, uh, as more and more people understand that, uh, that in order for America to reach its true potential, then all of our people have to have the opportunity to reach theirs. Uh, it, it's vitally important. Any any last words? Uh, uh, because I really appreciate you coming on. Any last words before we before we go to the next break? Uh, you know, just just you you you're so eloquent, and I just love hearing you talk. I can get you <laughs> Man, back on pretty soon. You, you gotta stop. You gotta yeah, stop. Bobby. Gotta get yeah, you back yeah. on. <laughs> no, no. Listen, uh, I want to take a moment uh, to just share um, the humanity uh, that we must have, and encourage folks to really look at. Uh, what's happening. We have a pandemic uh, on two fronts. Certainly, uh, COVID-19 has disproportionately affected African-Americans, but it's affected all Americans. And so I think we should we should understand uh, and really hone in on what's necessary uh, to stop the spread. Uh, you know, I've, I've had to really have some very tough conversations with my younger family members uh, and, and their involvement in being around my mom. And so I encourage uh, uh, all of your listeners to take uh, the, the pandemic very seriously as it relates to the health of their families. Uh, secondarily, uh, as it relates to police brutality, uh, as a black man, I can tell you that I am mentally drained. Uh, it, is, it is a tough time uh, to see how often uh, the senseless uh, brutality has began to, to occur. Um, and, and it does not seem like there is an end um, to this carnage. But I submit and encourage um, us to lean on one another, uh, to, really, to really understand that we are humans and we all need support. Uh, this is a mental challenge for us. Uh, we have been traumatized. And so I think that we must lean on one another in order to get through these times. Uh, I think that it is necessary that we organize and we're not just raising our fist in the streets, but we're also raising it at the ballot box. And so we've got to begin to have a very, very different conversation, Bob, of how we get out the vote for our communities. We can't have the same old conversation of, we, you know, hey, 
go out and vote. We've got to begin to talk about and lead with why it is necessary to vote uh, because we have a lot, a huge generation of younger voters uh, that have historically not been as reliable, but is necessary. And so I end with the message uh, that we must end at the ballot box. It is a part of what will help us to close this economic inequality uh, in black America. Thank you again for having me. Thank you, William. You've been listening to the president and CEO of the Birmingham Urban League, Mr. William Barnes. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black. We'll be back right after these messages. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Black with Bob Dickerson on the Voice America Radio Network. Coming back to you, coming on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time, 6 Central, 5 Eastern. You know, on TV, they always do that. They used to do it. They don't do it as much now. It's, uh, you know, everything is pretty much Eastern. And it it confuses some people. I I get confused. Well, I don't get confused. A lot of folks get confused that I work with, especially those folks from the East Coast, because they don't think it's but one time. They think everything is East Coast time, but uh, but we're happy to be back, happy to be back on the Voice America Radio Network. If you listened to William Barnes and listened uh, to the uh, what he highlighted about the state of black America, I think there were some central themes that, that I pulled from his talk and I pulled from, uh, from actually the president, uh, Mark Moriel, and I'll mention a couple of them. Uh, racism is the pandemic within the pandemic. We've got racism, which has been with us for 400 years now in this country, even before this was a country. But now uh, we learned through COVID that the, the health impacts uh, and where we are in terms of uh, access to health care, um, it's 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 just it's devastating to to our community to the black community, and that bias in healthcare is is explicit as well as being implicit. Uh, we also know that uh, all Americans seem to have this enormous capacity for compassion, uh, but we need to tap into that and 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 make sure that we place it in places where it matters, that we put it in places where it matters. Uh, we all know that black lives do matter. All lives matter. And until black lives matter, then all lives don't matter. Just ingrain that. All lives matter. But until black lives matter, then that is oxymoronic. Uh, it doesn't work because in order for all lives to matter, then certainly black lives have to matter. <laughs> 
Uh, we've never really recovered in our community from the Great Recession where we had built equity in real estate, and that was zapped, where we had built businesses, and some of those were, uh, were had to close. And now we are facing another economic disaster, uh, especially those of us who are entrepreneurs. Uh, and we also, when we look at television and we see what's happening with the with the, 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 the back and forth, the violence, uh, you know, when we looked at what happened in Charlottesville, when we see what's happening with this nationalism, then we've got to admit that racism threatens our national security. So it's not just about perpetuating, perpetuating racism on black folk. It actually helps. It hurts our national security. So... So we've got to be uh, very careful about where we go in this country. Uh, everything needs an overhaul. Our election system needs an overhaul. Uh, our political system needs an overhaul. Uh, we've got to do something to make life better in these United States for everyone, for everyone. Uh, and we've got to understand how not to vote against our best interest. And I think that too many folks are doing that. Um, we've got too much racial anxiety. And, and I think uh, William Barnes said this, and I want to echo it because I had it on my notes. Racism is exhausting. When we look at the news, my wife doesn't like looking at the news because what we see uh, the, the, the anxiety is exhausting. We have too much racial anxiety and racism is exhausting. 2020 will always be known, I think, as the year of COVID and the summer of racial anxiety. And, and, and God knows we don't need that to bleed over into the fall, but, but I'm afraid it will. So we, we know that uh, with the, the death of black, a black man like George Floyd and Rayshawn Brooks, a woman, Breonna Taylor, and many, many others uh, who have been killed when they were unarmed and seemingly presented no threat. Um, the Jacob Blake is the most recent, and he has been paralyzed by seven shots seven shots in the back on the heels of 808 minutes and 46 seconds with a knee on the neck of George Floyd. So seven shots in 846 are going to be numbers that go down in infamy. But truly there's a, a knee on the neck of democracy in this country, this, this America, this land of the free, this home of the brave, this place where all men were purported to be created equal, a place where even our organizing documents say that certain rights are guaranteed, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life that takes the knee off the neck uh, that takes the bullets when you're running away, as Rayshawn Brooks, Rayshard Brooks was. That means that somebody doesn't knock on your door and shoot through it, Breonna Taylor. Life, liberty, when we think about the incarceration of black folks for little or nothing, the long-term incarceration of black folks for petty theft or drug offenses something that you shouldn't have to spend a life in jail or a number of years in jail where your life uh, is totally altered and, and you can't get it back. You can't get those years back. So we have got to do something in this country. Uh, we need change. Uh, we need to reckon with our past as we move toward our future. Uh, we need to meet all of the adversity that we have in our country with a sense of unity. As a matter of fact, that's what we call this, the United States. But unfortunately, we are anything but united. 
we are pitting and being pitted against each other. Americans are pitted against America. America is being pitted against Americans. We've got political leadership that no one can really trust or rely on. And so I just encourage all of you to, first of all, uh, be honest with yourself about what's happening. Think for yourself. Certainly, I'm going to do that. But understand that if we don't change, if we don't make America better, then it won't be better. If we, the public, John Q. Citizen, the folks that are listening, the people who go to work every day, the folks who believe in fairness, the folks who believe in equality, the folks who believe in justice, if we don't change America, then it won't be changed. The people in power have taken us where we are. It's time for us to seize the power in America and make it what we purported, promoted to live up to the ideals that we wrote down, but we need to make sure that we live up to them. This is Bob Dickerson within the black. See you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Please join host Bob Dickerson for another edition of in the black next Wednesday at 4 PM Pacific time and 7 PM Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.